Let's look into the scriptures this morning. As I asked Sneha to read Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 8, and thank you for doing that. Let's look into that scripture once again. It says, in the year, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have now seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The one, oh, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar, with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin it is, is atoned for. What a beautiful scripture from Isaiah chapter 6 that we see here is the story about God cleansing Isaiah before the commission has been given to him. Isaiah chapter 6 was... Um, Nine onwards, we look into the commission that was given to Isaiah, where God is asking, who will go for us? But before God prepares Isaiah for a great mandate, He is preparing Isaiah's lifestyle. He's preparing Isaiah and taking and removing him, uh, removing his guilt, his shame, and every sinful nature that is very much present in, our, in his life. Before you are appointed in any office, for any official work, you have an orientation time, right? Last week, I joined um, Baylor Hospital for an internship till December to work as a chaplain. And I have a two-week of orientation that I'm, I'm going through. The, so the, the senior chaplains are introducing me to different wards and different, you know, I mean, it's an interesting job. I'm loving it. You know, I don't know how all our nurses, you know, walk around in, uh, uh, in the hospitals, you know. One of the things that was kind of fascinating was, you know, every room you walk into, you have to sanitize. And then after you walk out, you have to sanitize, right? Around lunch break, I went to wash my hand. And then I saw, oh my goodness, so much of sanitizer that was present in my hand. But I'm loving it. It's, it's part of the orientation. It's part of my job. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the job there. But before I kind of get introduced to the patients and talk to them or pray with them, there's a, there's, a, there's a set of orientation that I have to go through. There's a system that is placed in the organization that I have to learn for the betterment of my job and for the expectation of what Baylor has set for me, I have to go through it. Now, much before God calls Isaiah out for a great work, for the mandate that is set before him, now God asks, who will go for us? Who will go to set out the streets? Who will go, go out for evangelism? Who will go out for us? Much before that, God had to deal with Isaiah's inner life. And that's where I want to actually focus on today. 
It says that in the year that King Uzziah died, in the year that King Uzziah died, why is that so important that the writer Uzziah has mentioned in the year that King Uzziah died? Now, Uzziah was a very good king. He became the king of, uh, of Judah at the age of 16, and he was the king of this nation for almost 50 plus years. He was a good king. But during the end of his reign over Judah, he he, you know, came across a lot of adulterous practices where one of the things that he did was he overtook the priest of the temple and he started practicing the, the, the priestly ordinances. He started doing the priestly ordinances with the, within the temple. He started taking the animals to the altar. He started doing a lot of things that the priests were allowed to, to do in the Old Testament. So the king Uzziah, he had a position to handle in the nation, but he started overtaking the priestly duties. And what happened is during his end time of his life on earth, uh, he was struck with leprosy. He was struck with leprosy he was filled with a lot of pride and Bible kind of uh, you know, mentions that his head was filled with so much pride and that the Lord struck him uh, with leprosy on his face and now he can no longer live in the temple or no longer live in the palace. He had to leave his palatial houses and live outside the camp, outside in the community where all the lepers were living. And when he died, he had a very bad ending. He had a very bad ending. And that's when our story is standing. And that's where Isaiah is reminding uh, the church and the people of Judah that in the year that Uzziah died, Uzziah was a good king, but look at the end of Uzziah because of what all, you know, he was practicing. Look at the end of Uzziah. He had a very bad death. He had, he did not receive a glorious death that a king should receive. He had a very bad death. And that's where Isaiah reminds us today in our church that look at what has happened to an earthly king when he disobeyed the practices of God Almighty. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have to be very careful in the areas God has asked us to minister. We have to be very careful. Some of us are worship leaders, some of us as pastors and leaders and teachers, our lifestyle talks a lot about what we are doing unto God. You can expect to stand here and lead worship on Sunday morning for two hours and the rest of the six days you are in your own world. Our life matters. Because this is the vessel that has been used and utilized in the house of God for a glorious purpose. In you, who you are a holy vessel, and in you rests the anointing of God Almighty. Bible says the anointing shall break the yoke. But if you know you cannot keep the keep the vessel holy enough to keep the anointing of God, the anointing will break your life. We have to know that we are playing with fire. If fire is not used correctly, it can destroy us. Am I talking to some of us uh, church people here? I have to be very careful in my life that I have to, you know, lead a life that I practice. I mean, practice a life that I preach. If not, the things that I might say in the spiritual realm, it will attack me. 
I have seen this happen a million times in my church ministry. I have to keep myself prayed up. I have to keep myself holy so that when I am moving forward in the spiritual realm and ministering to my church, whatever I say, it should be always backed up in my own spiritual journey and my life. If not, it will affect me. So today I'm asking some of our leadership here. When I'm talking about leadership, most of us in our church here are volunteering in some sort of ministry within our church. I got to tell you a good news. The Lord's Spirit is upon us. His anointing dwells on us. But make sure that we lead a holy life. Sunday morning, we come to God's presence, God, and we say, God, touch me, O Lord, clean me, O Lord, and then rest of the day, we go to a boyfriend or girlfriend, ask for a special touch and care from them. It doesn't happen that way, my friends. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Praise the Lord. God has called us for a purpose. This morning, from the last you know, two weeks, I've been talking about seeing God in our life. The messages that I was sharing from last two weeks was the first week I shared, I will see. I will see God with my own eyes. Um, and the next week, I started by saying that, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Uh, I titled my series as a season of seeing God in our life. Previous two weeks, when I was sharing my message, it was more in a materialistic view where I was prophesying and proclaiming and declaring that whatever we have not seen in the promises of God, that in this season, we will see it. But this week, I was preparing this message. Sorry, last week, as my brother, Pastor Ashish, was uh, uh, ministering here, and, you know, I was uh, uh, with him, and then we were talking. And after that, throughout the week, as I was praying, God, what as I'm going to share this week, the law was again and again, bringing the scripture, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 8 in my mind. And I want to title my message today as Seeing God. Seeing God. That changes everything. We, are, we need to be people who see God Almighty. Moses had a desire to see God. He could not see the face of God because if he did, he would have died because his face was filled with so much glory. In the New Testament, we have seen God Almighty through Jesus Christ. He came in the bodily form of Jesus, and that's why we claim to have seen God Almighty. Now, when I'm say, talking about seeing God, I'm not trying to say that you, I mean, we will see God. In, I mean, He's a spirit. God is a spirit. Spirit cannot be seen. But there have been moments, and there have been people that I had conversation with who have experienced seeing God in their life, maybe seeing an image of God, seeing an image of Jesus Christ in their life. I have never done it. Two things that I've experienced in my life is I have experienced a touch of God in my life. I felt somebody's touching me when I was going through a struggle, when I was needing a touch in my life. I, this is my experience. I can claim on my experience. I felt somebody literally coming down and touching on my shoulders. Number two, what I experienced, I've heard him speak. I've heard an audible voice when I was deciding on my, oh, what a beautiful moment in my life when I heard my God speaking to me. I heard Him. That's my experience. I've never seen Him. 
Some of the times and whenever we ask, I mean, to, the, the, the pictures of Jesus and portraits of Jesus that is on our calendars come to our mind when we talk about seeing Jesus. But hey, I believe He's more handsome that, than that portrait. No human hand can capture how good and, and beautiful and handsome our Savior is. He's amazing. He's beautiful. He's beyond comprehension. Seeing God should be a lifestyle in our life. Many in the Old Testament saints walked with God. They saw God Almighty. They walked with God and they dealt with God Almighty. They may not have seen Him face to face, but they had an experience of walking close with God Almighty. Can we be that church that walks closely with our Savior? Can we be that leadership team that walks closely. You know, the, 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 the essence of walking closer to our Savior is that we hear His, we hear His heartbeat. Very recently, I think Josiah started hearing, you know, and understanding the, you know, the heartbeat. The other day, you know, early in the morning, I was waking up and this guy woke up and he came and he was lying on my chest and he put his ear on my chest and my, he heard some beat right? And all of a sudden, he started punching on my chest and saying, drums, dada, drums, drums, dada. He started hearing because he was so close to my heart that he, I, I believe he was hearing my heart beat. Can we walk closer to God that we hear His heart beating for our mankind? Can we walk closer to God that we hear His heart beating for our world. Praise the Lord. Now Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah looked up and he, Bible says, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne. The another meaning to that scripture is, no matter whosoever comes to power and lives in power, he might die being in power, but the kingship of Jesus Christ never can be dethroned. Oh, come on somebody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No matter who comes to power and who dies in power, it doesn't matter. But I saw the Lord seated on the throne, highly exalted, my Savior seated. Praise the Lord. Your promise makers may come to life and may pass away in the ordinance of the times time given to their life structures. But the Lord Almighty who has made a promise, He is always alive and seated on the throne for our life. It doesn't matter who is on power, but what matters the most is above all powers. The supreme authority reigns for us. When he is alive, it doesn't matter who dies. All that I need to know that my Savior is alive in my life. Jesus can be alive in the world but still be dead in your life. Am I making sense? Are you following me today? Jesus can be alive in the world but still be dead in your life. You and me have to give him the access to walk inside our life and be alive. And the moment you allow that to happen and Jesus enters our lifestyle, we start giving birth to lively things. That is scriptural. Isaiah looked up and said, in the year that Uzziah died, 
I looked up and I saw my Lord. I saw my Lord. The first thing I want to share is, it's an upward vision. It's an upward vision. He looked up. When there was desolate situations around, he looked up. When there was turmoil around, he looked up. When his boss passed away, he looked up. When his earthly leader passed away, he looked up. It's an upward vision. And if we can have an upward vision, nothing around us can ever entangle and destroy us because we are connected with an upward vision of who our Savior is, who our Lord is, who our Maker is. He had an upward vision. He had an upward vision. I'm asking if my youth group can have an upward vision of who our Jesus is, the ladies' fellowship. I'm asking you if you can have an upward vision of who our Savior is, the men's group here, if we can have a vision of who our God is. An upward vision changes everything. Changes everything. It changes everything. Praise the Lord. In the issue, in Psalms, it says that as a servant looks to the hands of his master, I look to the hands of my Savior. But again, in the Psalms, we also come across a lot of portions where David exams is no longer looking at the hands of God. He is looking at the face of God. There's a difference between looking at the face and looking at the hands. When you look at the hands, you're looking for a source. You're looking God for a need. But when you're looking at his face, you're saying, God, all I need is just your presence. Looking at the face or seeking the face of God Almighty means that I am longing for the presence of God. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. Are you with me today? Hallelujah. I no longer look at the hands of God Almighty, but I look at the face of him because I want his presence. In the year that King Uzziah died, I looked up and I saw my Savior seated on the throne. Seated on the throne. I looked up and I saw. And today, if you are going through dethroned situations in your life, if you are going through troubling waters in your life, if you are going through tempests and storms in your life, I'm asking you, an upward vision will change your circumstances. An upward vision will change everything around you. You got to have an upward vision. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Not just being gloomy because of what has happened. I can't face my tomorrow. No, no, no. Not because I, I cannot make sure that my ends will meet tomorrow. No, because our Savior lives. We have the courtesy to look up to Him. We need to have the courage to look at the face of God Almighty and say, God, all that matters is just your presence. No matter where you are in your life's journey this morning, I would ask you to look at the face of God Almighty. You will never be disappointed. Those who have looked at the face of God, their faces have always radiated. And today, I'm asking my church, if you could look at the face of God Almighty, you will have His radiance shining on your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
When we look at the face of God, our face becomes more like who Jesus is. Praise the Lord. When I look into each other, when I look, you look, look into me, do we portray what Jesus is all about? Zaya says, when the year King Uzziah died, I looked up. Number one was upward. Number two that, that I want to share here is, he says, um, when, when you see God, verse four, uh, sorry, verse two, above him were set of him, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. It just, the smoke uh, reveals the presence of God. means that it, his, the house of God, the temple of God, was just filled with smoke. It's not artificial smoke, you know, that we get into for our conferences and stuff. It's a real smoke. It's the presence of God. Verse 5 is what I want to share for my second point that I want to mention here. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. I am ruined. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. The word ruined in Hebrew, it literally means there is that I am broken off in the relationship. I am cut off in the relationship. I have been destroyed in my my authority with God Almighty. The word ruin literally means that my relationship is no more as a father and son. It is completely destroyed. Isaiah says, the moment I have an upward vision, the Lord is looking down in the inward of who I am. When he had an upward vision... God was changing his inward situation. He says, woe to me, I am ruined. He has a revelation of who he is when he sees God Almighty. And this is what I want to mention here. When you see God as he really is, then you will see yourself as you really are. That should be the experience of a believer, an individual, and everybody in the house of God. When we come, when we look at the face of God Almighty, there should be an inward transformation that happens. When we see God, it should reveal who I am in Christ. Praise the Lord. Who am I? In Christ. Who am I in Christ Jesus? He had an upward vision and the Lord was dealing with him in the inward. When we come to the house of God on a Sunday morning, there should be this transformation that has to happen. If not, our Sunday worship has no value to it. If not, how much ever we jump around, we make noise, it has no value to it if there is no transformation, real transformation that takes place. I'm talking to everyone in this church right now. A real transformation reveals who you are in Christ Jesus. 
Isaiah says, in the year that Uzziah, the king Uzziah died, I looked up and I saw my Savior. And then he says, woe to me, I'm a man with unclean lips. In the New Testament, we look into another scripture portion where, you know, we see Peter and Jesus are having a conversation. The moment Peter looks at what Jesus has done in his life, his eyes are open and he says, God, go away from me. I am a sinful man. When we have an encounter with God, He reveals who you are. And that should be our goal in our life, that every day in our Christian walk, we must get closer and closer with our Savior. If not, there is no value to whatever we do. Jesus, hallelujah. I am praying that we as a church, we are doing a lot of things for the growth of our church, But right now I'm asking if we can step up one more step forward of being closer with our Savior. And I would say you, I would tell you this, my friends, that anything that is not appropriate in the presence of God, because God is that burning fire, everything will dissolve away that He doesn't like in our life. But hear me again. Do not try to burn the altar at two places. That will destroy us. You want a little bit of that and a little bit of that. That doesn't happen with God Almighty. Either one that you can serve. You can step into a board, two boards at the same time. Either one, either one, either one. You decide for yourself what is the best for you. What is the best in our life? What is the best and where is God? I mean, I'm asking you, if there are things that that you think are not appropriate in your journey with God Almighty. Being a leader within our church scenario here, I'm asking you, step out, step out. Take some time out, reconcile with God Almighty and say, God, I want to change my lifestyle. Help me. Holy Spirit, take control. I'm being honest. That will help all of us. That will help all of us. I know a, a man of God who preached Amazing. I, I'm praying that God, I will not become like that man of God. He preached amazing. But he had, you know, other things going on in his life. His end was very drastic. I know worship leaders in your churches. I know choir in the churches who did amazing things with worship team. But their lifestyle never matched with what they proclaimed and what they sang. Their life had a drastic end. You have to know what we carry in our life. We carry, oh Jesus, the anointing of God Almighty. The anointing has the power to break the yoke of the devil. But if you don't keep it right, it can break your life too. You are dealing with fire. You got to know it. Nobody plays around with fire. He's a loving God. He's all compassionate. But he wants his vessels to be kept holy. If we can do that, a lot will happen in our life. Isaiah, number two, he looks inward. God deals with him. God talks to him. And he says, God, I am ruined. But what does God do there? What has happened in that situation? There are the seraphims. With two, they cover the faces. They could not stand in the presence of God. They were with reverence. They were covering their faces and worshiping God. With two, they covered their feet. They were 
it's a sign of holiness. With two, they were covering their feet. And with two, they were flying around. And that's the most important thing that I like about this, this angel. That they were not still at any place. They were in the move. They were on the move. They were looking for an opportunity to serve people. And at a moment, they saw an inner change happening in the life of Isaiah. What does one of the angels do? It takes the coal from the altar and puts it on the tongue of Isaiah. What has happened after that? There is a change. His guilt is taken away. His sin is no more. God has forgave him. Why? Because there was an inward change that happened in the life of Isaiah. Manisinde yagathoru or change vannapol devam avane poornamai onnu saukyam kodukkan vendi or angel nenga parnu vittu the angel took a coal and put it on his tongue and said no more there's your guilt has taken away your sins have taken away why because one there was a upward vision two there was a inward vision Number three, verse 9 onwards, we see the upward vision had to happen for an inward change, for an outward experience. What do you mean by that? God asked, who will go for us? Isaiah said, Lord, I am here. But before that, he had to change who Isaiah was. He had to change who Isaiah was. and that's the truth of our scripture today we must have a change in our life my church without change we cannot go forward and change should happen individually first it's personal salvation is not a family inheritance it is personal my friend it is personal lord When I see you and you look down my life I want to know who I am in you oh Lord change me inside out I know the harvest is plentiful I want to step out oh Lord but I am praying that you will change me inside out oh Lord This is my cry today this is my prayer today Lord change me change me change me oh lord change me oh lord whenever we encounter god we change change is inevitable in the presence of god he will make sure that we have to change in the scriptures we see before paul's natural God had to shut down Paul's natural eyes so that he would see God with his inner eyes for a great task that was given in front of me. Luke chapter 2 verse 25 through 30 when you are you will get time you can read most of us know the story is a story about this prophet Simeon who longed to see the savior who longed to see the messiah he was prophesied ages and ages ago that before you die you will see the savior of mankind and the moment he sees jesus baby jesus walking into the temple with his mom and dad he goes grabs the baby and he says lord 
now I may die peacefully because I have seen the salvation of mankind. When Simeon saw Jesus, he recognized the Savior. He recognized his salvation. He recognizes he is the Savior of the world. He recognized the Lord and he said, God, I may now die peacefully. In Revelation, when John, Apostle John, in the, in the island of Patmos, when he sees Jesus Christ in his full radiance, we all know what the scripture talks about. He says, I saw the Lord. And after he talks about all the description of what he has seen Jesus as, Bible says he fell down to the ground and he started worshiping Jesus. How are we positioned in the church today? Where is our mind gone? Are we people who long for the presence of God? With an upward vision, there's an inward change for an outward expression. You cannot deal with people outside if your inside has not been changed. You will always be faking around if you're inward, you are the same old carnal man. I love God to change. Can we all rise up in God's house? All of us, I say, God, I need a change in my life. There are practices and habits that I'm praying, God, I need a change. I need a change. Recent days, I've become very um, short-tempered at things. I get angry very easily. Because of which sometimes, you know, I may say things that may upset my family life. I'm being honest with my church. I'm a man of God. I'm not saying I'm perfect and holy and good. I am striving forward to become one with my Lord and Savior. Everybody here, we are not holy. We are not perfect. We are walking closer. We are striving forward. It's a warfare. The Lord will never, the devil will never allow you to be one with God. He's trying everything possible to break you, to destroy you. His only goal from Genesis to Revelation was to destroy everybody who stood for God Almighty. He doesn't like people standing up for God. He doesn't like families united in worship for our King. The devil doesn't like it, but we will say today, Lord, change me so that I will show a change outside. Lord, help me, Lord, that I will have an upward vision of who you are that will change who I am and that will help my people outside. Father, I bless you. I bless you.